good morning, family, friends, visitors, wherever you find yourself this morning. Um, I greet you from a very cold Joburg. Uh, and hopefully you find yourself this morning under a, under a duvet on your couch or in your bed, uh, warm and snuggled. Uh, really, the message that I, I want to bring this morning, I really believe is uh, something that really resonates inside of me. And I think it is something that is quite relevant for us as a people, but also for us as a country. And just to start off, I found this verse quite coincidentally from, uh, that's in Romans 15 verse 13. And I believe it lays such a good foundation for us to launch the rest of what I want to bring this morning. So if you could just keep your spirits open and almost as I read this word, just allow the words to sink in almost like soft rain um, on, a, on a cold and miserable day. So Romans 15 verse 13 from the Passion, it says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in Him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with His superabundance until you radiate with hope. Such a rich scripture. And I just believe that this is the mandate for you and I, that this is what God calls us into, is that we would be so surrounded by the Holy Spirit's superabundant life that we radiate hope. And I believe that the scripture not just gives us the mandate of what heaven speaks over us, but what we are called into and what your identity is and my identity is. And so this morning, I want to follow on from the word that Vida brought uh, two weeks ago. Um, for those of you that weren't there, it was a, a wonderful word just on childlike faith and how God calls us to be childlike in our relationship with Him, that we believe the wonder, we believe what He speaks over us, and that we, we almost settle it in our hearts, and that is the way that it is. So Vida brought, brought that message two Sundays ago, and uh, at one o'clock on that Sunday morning, um, confession time, Jacques was rolling around in bed, contemplating the unknown, contemplating the future, contemplating uncertainties, the economic environment, COVID, all of those things. And I managed to find a Greek word for it. And the Greek word is worry. Um, right next to me, blissfully unaware of the torment and struggle that I was going through, the mental anguish, was uh, Shaney blissfully asleep, um, totally unaware of what I was going through. But as I was rolling around uh, on my bed and just almost wrestling with, with these thoughts, and for some reason things just look worse at night, when the sun comes up, uh, generally the frost dissipates and it looks a lot more doable. But right there, I just felt to open up my Bible app. And my Bible reading for the day was a verse out of Mark 9.23. And just to give a bit of context for the verse, it's the story where there was a father who had a demon-possessed son. And this demon, demon just did all types of things to the son. He went to the, to the disciples and said, Please, can you help me? They were not able to get rid of or cast out this demon. And so the next step was to approach Jesus. And uh, the father basically goes to Jesus and says, you know, if you are in any way to, uh, able to help, please have compassion on us. And Jesus answers him and says to him, all things are possible, only believe. And it was almost as soon as I read that, I just felt the Holy Spirit just settle things in my heart just saying to me as a son, all things are possible, only believe. And so the next morning I went and had a look at the scripture again. And I found 
something really interesting in the, in the Passion version of that particular verse. And uh, in Mark 9.22, I'm just going to read, and it says this. So the father is talking, and he says, It tries over and over to kill him by throwing him into the fire or into the water. But please, if you are able to assist or do something in any way, have compassion on us and help us. The father is saying, please, if you can, in any way, have compassion and help us. Now, Jesus' answer is very, uh, is very important, and he says this. Jesus says to the father, what do you mean if? If I can have compassion, if I can help? He says, and he, and he goes on and he says, if you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. It was such an interesting shift because the father comes with his ifs, placing it on God. But actually Jesus turns that around and says, no, the ifs on me are settled. I am willing. I am able. The question is whether you believe. If you believe, all things are possible. And so right there and then, as I said, I just felt this, this peace fall over me. And I woke up the next morning. Shani had been reading some things as well. We were developing this conversation just of all things are possible, just believe. And then um, Vida obviously brought this wonderful, wonderful uh, message on childlike faith, which just almost catapulted me into what I'm delivering this morning. Another verse that um, has really been um, ringing in my heart is the verse in John chapter 1, verse 12. And we all know this is uh, in the beginning of John's gospel. He almost fast tracks creation. He says, in the beginning was the word, the word was, was God, and the word was God and dwelt among us. And then in verse 12, it says, uh, in verse 12, it says, Yet to all the who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Also, what a phenomenal scripture. But let's break it up. He says, to all that received him, and importantly, to those who believed in his name. And really what I believe that means is we get to the point we believe, we receive what he has said, but we believe two things about God. First of all, that he is who he says he is. And two, that he is faithful to do everything that he says he will do. And then it goes on and it says, he gave them the right to become the children of God. And that word right in the Greek means that you have the right, the privilege, and the authority to become the child of God. A verse later it says, for those that, are, those that have taken up this right to become the children of God are not begotten of human impulse or human desire. We are begotten of God. Very similar to when, the, when Scripture says that Jesus was the begotten Son of the Father. And it links up so beautifully with the new creation. Because the new creation says that we are brand new, we're not of this world. And that is the DNA that is now resident in you and I. And it links up so beautifully with, um, with what Jesus said to that father. All things are possible, only believe. But for me, the essence, and it links up with what Vida was saying, is we need to believe that God is who he says he is and that he does everything that he says. Um, just sort of watching a lot of the news uh, over the past two weeks, um, the looting and everything started after um, Vida brought that word, and it's got nothing to do with what she brought. But 
Obviously, we were bombarded with pictures on the news of all this looting and that on top of what COVID was, was doing to our country. And, um, and I, I, in reading Isaiah 43, and I've, I've actually been sort of been going back to Isaiah 43 in and out for, I suppose, a couple of, uh, about six weeks or so. And I believe that there are so many similarities between Isaiah 43, where Israel was and where South Africa is right now. And the context of Isaiah 43 is Israel is in exile. Israel um, are basically oppressed by other nations. Uh, things are really difficult for them. But the beautiful thing about Isaiah 43 is, is there's this beautiful contrast between what things look like and what God can do. And, you know, for me, the definition of a miracle is impossibility. The main ingredient for a miracle is impossibility. It must not be possible. It must not be something that you and I can get together and we can contrive. And Isaiah 43 runs such a beautiful parallel between the impossibility and what God does in that immediate circumstance. So there, there, are, two, um, there are two little illustrations that Isaiah is told to speak over the nation of Israel. And the first one is rivers in the desert. So many, many would look at South Africa and say, but you know, it is a, it's, it's a desert at the moment. There's, no, there's very little economic activity. We've been hit by COVID. It is so dry. If I had to go and plant something right now, chances are it'll just be parched by the sun and nothing will happen. But the illustration that the prophet is told to speak over Israel is that in the midst of this impossibility, there is a river. In the midst of this impossibility, there is like, there is like a super tube of life that, grow, that goes down there. The second example in Isaiah 43 is, it says, he will make highways in the wilderness. And the definition of wilderness is it's an impassable, impassable, um, derelict, filled with rocks environment. It really, there's not a lot going on. But God promises, and he says to the prophets, speak over them that there will be a highway. Now, for those of you that have been on a highway, you know that you can go faster on a highway, you can go longer on a highway, and you can achieve more in a relatively small uh, period of time. Getting back to the example of the river, the river opens up possibilities that were never, ever um, thinkable in a desert, in that we can now start planting things. Life can actually be generated, and I think the Israelis are such, a good, um, such good exponents of this type of uh, uh, um, farming, I suppose, where, where there was nothing previously, but now, by bringing water there, suddenly it can be transformed, formed. And I believe this is a promise for God over South Africa, um, Nicolene last Sunday just uh, reminded me that Angus Buchan, when he had the million man conference or the million person conference, I don't know if it was two or three years ago, he referenced this very, very scripture. And in Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19, the prophet says to Israel, he says, forget the former things, forget all of those things that have happened before, because God is going to do a new thing. And that is really what I'm anticipating in my heart you know, for the past two weeks, I've really experienced like such a joy and such an excitement, regardless of what I see in the news, because I just, I can see God's fingerprints. Now, God is not responsible for the things that are going on, but I can see that God is doing something so unique that there is a groundswell in us as a community and that there are certain things that are being starting to shape and starting to position so that 
quick change can, can happen in South Africa. And that is my absolute conviction, is that God is going to do something. Because I believe that God is who He says He, he, he is. And I believe that He can make good on words like this over the nation, over us, over you and over me. And I believe that He's doing that in me. And I see that in so many people in our community where it's almost like we are, we've got pregnant bellies, you know. We are walking around and a funny picture, I remember when Shane got heavily pregnant, the t-shirt wouldn't go around <laughs> the belly. It would be like the bottom of the belly was sticking out because she is so ready to give birth. And I believe that that is where we are as a nation and as a people. I've had a number of discussions with friends of mine um, just on how to bring the, the gospel to, to the masses, how to how to bring people into the church. You know, for long periods of time, it just feels like we've got a lot of Christians that are moving from one church to another. So it's almost like uh, translocal ministry where, you know, Christians are just moving around. But the big question is how do we bring unbelievers into, into the knowledge that you and I have, bring them into the experience that you and I have with the Holy Spirit? You know, I think sometimes we can take for granted the richness that we have of the Holy Spirit just being in us, Emmanuel. And so I've, historically, I've done an E3 course, I've listened to evangelists, I've, I've looked at a number of ways to do that, and I've obviously explored these with some of my friends, but it is my, my true conviction that the only thing that is going to bring people in is if we get to the place, we, we have settled it in our heart, that all things are possible, only believe. Because you know, the thing is that people say, uh, experts say that between 73 and 90% of all communication is body language. So even here as I, as I sit in front of you, I'm communicating and I'm communicating with my words. But, you know, I could, have, I could have looked at the news last week and I could have almost limply just sat here and said, but God's got a plan. But actually, my body does not, I don't, I don't reflect that in my body language because deep down, I'm not sure. Because deep down, I'm not really convinced. And but if I sit here before you and I am fully convinced that God can do miraculous things, I will radiate that, like the scripture says, radiating hope. And it is that thing that I think is infectious, is when we get to the place where we are so filled with his superabundant life, that we are so filled with that which he is doing, that we radiate light like lighthouses. You know, the Bible says that you don't put a light under a bed. You don't do that. You put a light on a, on a hilltop so that those that are walking in the dark can see the dark. And that is really my conviction is that the Lord is using this circumstance to bring us to a greater understanding of who he is and what he, that he will do everything that he says he will do. You know, I love the book of Acts because for me, the book of Acts is a real life example after Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. What was, the, what was the context of the Acts church? Well, there was massive oppression. You know, guys were thrown in jail. They were beaten. They were stripped naked. They were humiliated uh, in public. But in the midst of all of that, there was an understanding that God is who he says and that God does what he says he will do. And as a result, it's immaterial what goes on around me. The example of the disciples in, the, in jail, they didn't wake up after being whipped and humiliated and thrown in jail at midnight thinking, well, you know, the course that I just did, 
says that we should enter his courts with praise and thanksgiving and worship and let's try it, let's see what happens. No, scripture actually tells us that they were doing it almost like an overflow. It was who they were. They did it joyfully. It was a natural expression of what was happening inside. And it is this very thing that is going to transform the world is when we get to the place where there is that natural overflowing, that we're not doing it because we're wanting to twist God's arm. You know, the interesting thing, and this is my understanding of the cross. You know, when Jesus died, he said it was finished. If it is finished, he already has got those rivers have already been made for us. Those rivers in the desert have already been made. They've been paid for. The highways in the wilderness have been paid for. And it's almost like as soon as we experience adversity, it's like an invitation from the Holy Spirit. Come, draw closer. Come, let's go on an adventure. Let me show you the river that I have made for you. Let me show you the highway that I have made for you. Because it is my heart that you, you would overflow, that you would live in the reality of everything that I have done. And so I really believe that this is what the Lord is doing in our midst and is starting to do in South Africa as a nation for us to start rising up, for us to be the lights and the beacons. Shani was recently reading um, The Happy Intercessor by Benny Johnson. And one of the scriptures that she referenced in there was 1 Samuel 13 and 14. And it's a story that we all know. And uh, we know that from those two chapters that Israel was again not in a great situation. Saul wasn't being a great leader. But Jonathan and his armor bearer, they're busy walking one day and they come across this Philistine garrison of about 20 Philistine army guys, soldiers. And I, I just believe it's such a wonderful picture of how we can partner with the Holy Spirit. Obviously, Jonathan being a type of the Holy Spirit and the armor bearer being a type of us, who we are. And Jonathan says to his armor bearer, look there, there's the garrison of 20 soldiers, Philistine garrison. Let's see what the Lord will do for us, you know, for he can save either by many or by few. It's not like Israel needs to have a numerical advantage or a technological advantage, anything man-made or construed. But the Lord can save by many or by few. And let's see what the Lord will do for us. And the armor bearer says this. He says, I am with you. Do all that is in your heart. And isn't that the yes that the Holy Spirit is asking us? All things are possible. Only believe. And so, <laughs> I, I, I'm getting a little bit emotional, but it'll be over. Um, and so, Jonathan basically says to the, to the armor bearer, If they call us, then we know the Lord has given, us, has given them into our hand. If they say, wait for us, then we go. Because then, we, then the Lord's not in this thing. And the armor bearer says, great. So the story ends with, um, with them coming out of hiding, the Philistine garrison seeing them, and they're mocking them and saying, you know, that the, the Jews are coming out of their holes. And they beckon Jonathan and the armor bearer closer. And then they knew, Jonathan knew, that this was their battle. And the two of them basically slew the 20. Interesting component of the story, interesting fact of the story is Jonathan was ahead, and he knocked them over. And the armor bearer came from behind and he killed them. The armor bearer that day did all the killing. What a wonderful picture. Not that we are called to kill people. We are called to build. But the Holy Spirit inviting us and saying, I want you to partner in the spoils. I want you to partner with that which is, which is happening. You are going to be walking with me. 
And we're on this adventure, this intimate adventure, where he, and that day, Jonathan and the armor bearer found a river that Israel had not just made for them, but made for Israel, because there was a massive victory after that. Drawing to a close, Galatians 6 verse, 5, 6 verse 9 says, and, and I like to talk in context, and Paul's addressing the Galatians who had seemed to have lost their way on grace, and they were bringing in their own efforts and how to, to meet requirements, the requirements that they believe God had placed upon them. But Paul writes to them and he says, Whatever you sow, you will reap in due season if you do not lose heart. The important part for me there is do not lose heart. Now you and I, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we would have received encouragements. We would have received words that we really believe when you were reading your word or somebody might have given you a prophetic word. As a people, a South African person, we would also know words that have been spoken over South Africa. There are prophecies. Um, Sean Bolts gave a wonderful prophecy at the conference when they were here last time. And the encouragement is for us to take those words and not to get jaded or, or um, uh, run down by what we see on the news, but for us to hold fast those words that he has spoken over us. Because this, this particular scripture says, we will, sow, we will reap what we sow in due season if we do not lose heart. And the key there for me is do not lose heart. Do not lose heart on the words that God has spoken over you, but hold on to them. Almost like a chicken. We've got two chickens. They've got fleas for Africa, but they do lay eggs. And they, they, sit, they sit on those eggs. They sit on those eggs. If we don't take them away, a chicken will sit on those eggs until no matter how long it takes. And I want to encourage you. Do not give too much. Be relevant and listen to what the news is saying and whatever. But be steadfast in holding on to those words that were spoken over, over you. Chris Vallotton, a couple of years ago, um, I think it must have been about two years ago, gave a word on epoch moments. And really what epoch moments are, the Bible is filled with examples where God takes a long time to do something suddenly. We see that in the life of Joseph, Abraham, Moses, so many examples where it took a long time and then all of a sudden something changed. And I really believe that we are entering one of those moments. I think South Africa is ripe. It's pregnant. There's a number of things that are going on that are unsettled. And it might look like we have our hands in handcuffs. But God is preparing something so beautiful for this nation. Preparing something so beautiful for you and I. And I, I have an illustration that I just want to um, just show quickly. So... Imagine that this, this is a pair of, um, this is a, uh, there we go. Uh, imagine that this is a pair of handcuffs and that there is no ways that we can break this. So maybe imagine that this is, this is maybe how you feel right now. You feel constricted. You feel it's impossible. You feel that circumstances are contriving against you. Maybe you feel that for the country. Maybe you're looking to semigrate or emigrate, whatever the, whatever the situation is, imagine that this is you and these are, these are handcuffs that we cannot break. Now, for demonstration purposes, um, if I'm not able to break this, I had COVID recently and I am building up my energy levels. So, so this is what I believe the Lord is doing, is that the tension is continuing and continuing and it looks like we will never break free because just before it breaks, it gets tighter and tighter, and I'm not able to move it as much. 
But the Lord is doing this. He is slowly but surely just pulling things and he is contriving things. And slowly but surely it breaks. Now the parallel that I want to show is that before it broke, it looked like my hands were tied. And before it breaks, it looks like your hands are tied. But as the Lord continually just moves and moves and moves, the circumstance changes immediately. Right now, there is freedom. I can do with my hands whatever I want to. I couldn't do that before. And I believe that this is what the Lord is doing in the nation and in your life and in my life. I believe that he's bringing us together for something so beautiful and something so glorious. But let us give God and let us give the Holy Spirit an unequivocal yes, like that, uh, like that armor bearer. Like Jesus speaking to the man who had the demon-possessed father, all things are possible, only believe. The if is not with God. The if is in your heart and in my heart. Because if we settle that yes, we are going to find the rivers. We're going to find the highways that he has promised for you and I. And I honestly believe that those rivers and those highways were paid for at the cross. It's not new ones that he's making. His word to us is, I go before you, he's made the way, and he's paid for everything. And I just want to end off again with that scripture that I started. I just believe that this is such a good word for us right now. And it says, Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with superabundance until you radiate hope. What a wonderful mandate. What a wonderful, this is the desire of heaven over your life, is that you would be the actor in this thing, participating with him, being drawn into greater intimacy and seeing great things being done that were paid for at the cross. Guys, I trust that you would hope, uh, I trust that you would enjoy the rest of your Sunday and that we would be able to take this momentum that I really believe the Lord is stirring in our hearts into our workplaces, into the week, into building relationship with other racial groups. This is what we, we have a ministry of reconciliation. Yes, reconciliation between God and between man, but also between brother and brother. Let us, let us be those that radiate the hope of God.